Hello, I'm Lisa Peter, and I'm coming to you today from the Ill, the Edwina Elder Library. And today we are I'm going to have Chapter 5 of Victorious Loser Book by Sharon Alaya. And our the notes that I have here is called Walking and Talking. Increase your exercise. Walking is an exercise everyone can do. 30 min- minutes of a br- at a brisk pace, a two-mile walk is a good place to start. 90% of all people who lose weight regain it within one year. The 10% who are successful to keep it off maintain some sort of exercise three times a week for 30 minutes a day. Prayer walking. I've told you before that's what I like to do is pray while I walk. How to add variety to your prayer life so that you do not get into a rut. Praying while walking is a, a powerful tool. You can prayer walk around your neighborhood claiming it for Jesus. You do not have to be just down on your knees for God to hear you. You can pray everywhere. In the car, in the office, in the bathroom, at your prayer chair, absolutely anywhere. So, remember Jesus was in the garden. Jesus prayed in the boat. Jesus prayed at the on the cross, etc. Everywhere. And so that's a great way to know that you can pray and walk. And um, I know I like to do that. I like to walk through my house. And as I'm praying, I have some different sayings I have on different walls in my of each room. Like here in my music studio, I have Jesus, the faithful one, on my big wall at the back uh, across from my desk. And then to the side, it says, stop, look, and listen. And yes, it is going outside, which is a good reminder to be um, cautious of cars pulling in the driveway or out in the street. But also, stop. Stop what you're doing. Look around you. Do you see things to praise God for? It's everywhere. Maybe when you're going out out in the public, you see somebody that is sorrowful or sad. Look and see and listen. Listen to the voice of God and listen to the cries of other people. Stop, look, and listen. And in my hallway, I have the Hall of Faith. I have pictures on the wall of my legacy, my heritage, my mother and father, and and my mom's mom and dad, and my dad's mom, mom and dad, and uh, my great-grandparents and my husband's mom and dad and my husband's grandparents on both sides of the family and so forth. That is my legacy. That's my hall of faith. Apostolic Pentecostal generations. We go. I am a fifth generation. That means my kids are sixth generation. My um, grandkids are seventh generation Pentecostal. And we give God praise for that. Um, I also have on another wall in the hallway, it says, that all, let all that come behind us find us faithful. I mean, my children and my grandchildren, and so forth. Let this legacy continue. Let this um, Pentecostal heritage continue. Of course, in our library, our Edwin Elder Library area, my husband's office, we have patriotic stuff, and we also have, um, it says, in God we trust. And also says, pray, pray until something happens. I will also say, um, prayer is a language God understands. So things like that we have around the house in the kitchen. It says, faithful, 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 all everywhere. And then it says, faithful is our God above my kitchen sink. In my pantry area, it says, oh, come all ye faithful. In my restroom, it says, great is thy faithfulness. Oh, God, my father. Um, Remember that song? 
that's reminding us in the, um, we have another wall that says, um, my Redeemer is faithful and true. Another room we have faithful Father. We have, uh, we walk by faith and not by sight. In my um, sewing room, we have now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So I have all these things. And did you notice that most of them, if not all, was talking about faith and faithful, faithfulness, because God is faithful. So that's my, and I, as I'm walking, I pray these things. And um, I also have in the pantry on my, um, on, where I keep my mugs on my little shelf there, it says, it says, order my steps. Order my steps in your word, dear Lord. So as I'm walking, I can pray that God will order my steps. And he does. I also do sign language to the Pledge of Allegiance. And I also, at the end of the sign, at, at the end of the Pledge of Allegiance, I said, through Jesus Christ, amen. And so I make it into a prayer. And so, and I pray for my family and all that stuff. So while you're walking, while you're praying, you can also walk. So that's going to have add variety to both your prayer time it makes you know it makes the time go fast so so fast and then also if you think about the other way if you're walking you're praying so you're doing two things at once you're doing more than one thing at a time and and it's good and sometimes you can use music to help keep you going it helps sets the pace for your walking you can then focus your mind on praying practicing your American Sign Language, like I said, uh, thinking, looking out the windows to enjoy the nature. You can hear birds right now while I'm talking. So much can be done while you're walking. The washer, your clothes can be being washed in the washing machine or in the dryer. Your dishes can be washed in the dishwasher, etc. You can be listening to a podcast or an audio book. There's so many things you can do while you are walking. If you have a dog or a baby, put your baby in your stroller and walk them. Um... I push the stroller all through my house while I'm walking and babysitting at the same time. It puts the baby to sleep and I get my exercise. Pick a time of day you are not too busy for your alone with Jesus prayer walk. You become addicted to these times of talking to him. It will make you happy. It will make you smile. It will clear your mind. It helps solve problems and it gives you energy. Walking is therapeutic. It helps you put things into perspective. It brightens moods. God talks to you. You begin to heal while you're walking and praying. Even the hard discipline is working for your good if you love and trust the Lord. Some reasons to walk indoors. You don't have bumblebees to sting you. You don't have any loose dogs or other wild animals. You don't have to worry about being hit by a car. The weather is not an issue. If you need a drink of water, your faucet is nearby. If you need to use the facilities, they are handy. If you need to sit and rest, etc., so many reasons to walk indoors if you can. You can pray aloud and not have people think you're crazy or, that, or think that you're talking to them. No one to join you and start talking and distract you from your praying or thinking, etc. So that concludes chapter 5. Let's see how much time I got. Okay, I think I'm going to go ahead with um, chapter 6 as well. So chapter 6. A word to the women of the house. It isn't easy to make a child eat properly. Think about their teeth and their weight. You don't need all that extra sugar found in sweets, candy, donuts, etc. Soft drinks are a no. Just don't drink them. 
Instead, drink water. That's good for you, and it saves a lot of money on your restaurant tab. And dental bills, plus hyper kids. You cannot eat small snacks all day long, and neither can your kids. Do not use candy as a bribe. Remember, a four-year-old cannot eat like he is 22. He is active, yes, but how many calories does he really need? Don't skip breakfast. And remember, oatmeal is a good choice for you. Try to be your best and teach others to be their best. Remember, you are the boss of the kitchen. Do not keep food in the house that causes conflict. What do you do with teenagers? You ask God for wisdom. And maybe you can change their diet without them even noticing. Grocery shop while they're at school. Keep fresh fruit and vegetables available at all times. Pack them a healthy, adequate lunch. Make changes they would not, um, that they would um, not even notice if you do it slowly. I think. I can't read my writing. Cut back a little on bread and use more lettuce and tomato. Cut back on salad dressings and your mayo. Buy a medium instead of a large pizza and add a salad. Cut out the soft drinks. Remember, while we already said don't drink those. I don't even use those. Eat on a timely basis. Don't let them be starving and overeat because if they, if they get too hungry, they will. They'll just pack it in. Maybe have family outdoor activities like a game, a basketball for exercise, and then maybe have a frozen yogurt instead of ice cream. Keep their clothes fresh and stylish, and, but don't go with the fads. And pray with them and for them. Practice what you preach. Don't expect them to change if you don't. Let them see and hear you at your best. But what about my man, you ask? Well, even if your husband is overweight, never ever tell a man not to eat something. Be very wise in this area. The way to a man's heart is through his stomach, they say. You can feed him so well that he'll think he's a king. And he'll become slender if you continue to feed him the right things at the right hours and encourage a little exercise. Never nag. When you feed your husband, you are ministering to him, giving him the strength he needs to work and to play. Good nutritious meals that will cause him to prosper and be in good health. That is ministering, administering to his needs, showing love and appreciation that he's of high value. You need him, so let him know that as, his, as your supporter, provider, lover, friend, etc. Remember, you want to preserve his life for a very long time. We are the keys to our family's health and, our, and weight. An awesome responsibility, yes, but God can help us do what is right. A big responsibility. Huge responsibility. And that's why she calls her book, The Victorious Loser. Okay, tomorrow we'll do chapter 7. Thank you for joining me. Tell your friends about this podcast. Bye-bye. Have a wonderful day.